0: Now more than ever, people need to go within and plug into that cellular memory, plug into the divine source, attach as much as possible to the matrix. Hello again, everybody. This is James Bartley, and you're watching and listening to the Cosmic Switchboard Show. Today, my special guest is Leah Capitelli. Leah Capitelli is an author, ET contactee, and artist. And she's here talking about her new book, and she's been coming up with great artwork uh, showing in detail what the ETs look like, or some of the ETs at least. And along with the illustrations, of course, is the uh, narrative, the stories behind the pictures. Leah is also going to talk about an upcoming conference she's going to be taking part in, in which I too will be taking part in. So without any further ado, Leah Capitelli, welcome to the Cosmic Switchboard Show again
1: nice to be here I'm glad to be back thank you for inviting me again
0: (laughs) great seeing you again we had a good time at the paradigm shift summit that was a really good conference
1: yeah it was it was very intense full-on you know three three days there you know talking meeting with a whole bunch of different people talking about various topics all across the board not just not just about UFOs ETs and all that but just just everything in the alternative um, area and it was just like you're learning so much from very like professional people yes um whether it be in in um medicine or you know whether it be like just uh engineering as well just about like a whole a, a huge variety so it's just it's amazing it and it's getting bigger every year as well yes. like you have more more groups and and um communities building um attracting more and more people and it's just it's a great it's a it's honestly a really really great time as it was like say 20 years ago where this was this didn't really happen. And now it's like, yes. big, like, it's big now, you know what I mean? Yes. So it's, it's amazing. It's like, it, it couldn't, have, it couldn't be a better time to really come up, come up and come out and, you know, actually engage with um, uh, interesting people. So <laughs>
0: yeah. and it was a wonderful setting too the Gold Coast Surfer's Paradise. Yeah. And uh, t- tell us about the, the book project you're working on. Uh, how close are you to completion? Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Leah is an accomplished artist. If you're wondering who drew the artwork showing the crashed saucer and the dead ETs and the dead reptilian on <laughs> my Cosmic Switchboard website, which I also use on some of my uh, uh, part one videos. You're looking at the artist here, Leah Capitelli. I did it.
1: I'm responsible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a lot of fun drawing, and I have to – and it was a challenge as well because I'm normally more like a, more of a precise profile type, but, you know, it, it's good to have a healthy challenge every once in a while. But, wow, okay, where do I start? Book. <laughs> this – okay, so it is two weeks away from the final edits. I am, I am just waiting for my editor to get back me with the last uh last section of editing and then of course I'll review it and chop out and add in whatever parts necessary so all in the boring editing process but that is I've got the cover done I've got the illustrations done um I I, all I have to do is just uh, pack it all up and just send it off to the printers and that's just weeks away and I'm so incredibly excited and this thing has been I have I have been building this book for four years now and to to finally have an like at the very end the, the finishing line coming up so quickly it's just like surreal <laughs> because it's like it's yes. been going on for so long but yeah um yeah the book is um uh, talking about my previous lives uh, the uh, my memories of my past lives and the the process of um, reincarnation and what i experienced um in between um in between each life and of course the meat of the story is what happens in these lives but it's broken up amongst three three lives separately but the skeleton essentially is the soul my soul going from one life to another and learning and reflect uh, more like reflecting and understanding what happened in each life and how it has changed me as a, as a being and before i move on to the next incarnation so um, it's a very personal story, uh, obviously because it's basing on my previous experiences, but, um, it's, it was very moving for me to write and very emotional, um, because I, it had a lot, there was a lot of, there's a lot of, um, wonderful and fond memories I have from previous, from previous times, but there was a lot of really ugly ones and, um, it wasn't easy for me to write those uh even even with the good ones because it's a, it's a sense of longing and nostalgia you know when i'm reading the the, the words you know that that i've written and i'm looking through them and i can i i am like i i remember i remember those those moments those scenes and um yeah it i oh, all i can hope is my readers actually see a bit of that but see a, p- a piece of my soul if you will <laughs> um, in, in those pages because it was um, that book honestly was one of the one of my best and greatest projects I've ever committed myself to and um, I just hope that um, people well one get enjoyment out of it but also maybe even walk away with some kind of like oh yeah i can you know i can empathize with that and you know make you know i have a bit of memories too so yeah it's for for anybody who's interested really (laughs) but um yeah i will have to profess that this is not a book for children (laughs) it's a lot of (laughs) there's some very dark themes in there so i'm just just um, so everyone's aware, like it's not like you know, even with all the pretty colors and you know, flashy kind of um, cover. Um, don't judge a book by its cover, as they say. <laughs> so be be very, um, just be be cautious about um, about who who you're um, reading it to. So yeah, uh, I would say 18 is a healthy number, <laughs> a <bare> minimum. <laughs> so yeah, I'm very excited for this, and I I can't wait to to show you James and and everybody listening. So.
0: Uh, i can't 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 wait wait to read it i can't wait to read it i'll definitely get a (laughs) copy (laughs) now we're going to be taking part in the conference next month in byron bay Mm. you will be revealing part will you be revealing parts of your book and 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 mentioning some of the the experiences in it
1: yes absolutely so um the plan is um, i'm going to be releasing um the uh, hard copies for, for guests at the conference. So, and it's also gonna be on a discounted price as well. So it's like a, like a special kind of, um, yeah, it's a special, like it's like a little like, you know, here you go, you know, one for you. And also you get a signed copy, so it's even better. There you go. It's also cheaper and you get my signature. Oh, what could be better, you know? But um, I will be talking, uh, my presentation will be more focused towards my experiences with ETs in, in this in this life. But of course, I'll be relaying some of that um, uh, my experiences and everything i've learned I'll, I'll be mentioning it in in parts of them in the book so why i have basically the way i look at this book right it is a uh, prologue to my life now so because i've had uh et contact well, sorry because i've had because i have um et experiences in those lives because I, I was one so that's why it it's it's happening in the now so it it kind of gives people a snapshot of why it's happening to me to me today so um yeah and and it'll all be brought up and and be and be discussed and i I can't wait for it because the the, the the themes of this particular conference i'm just really really looking forward to to opening up with because um for so long i've been talking about like oh ets they do this they do that um w- what it was like for me and when when did it all start for me and blah blah, blah. like all the really basic stuff but i really want to get into the process and um the essentially the theory of what's going to happen when ets meet humans on a, on, a, on a, an official scale so that i can't wait to really um really Discuss with with the audience because I haven't had the opportunity to do that until now. So um, I think this is because the, there's so much, there's so much information, and you know I've had about what, like five years of just talking, and it's all, and it's I still haven't. I've only gotten through like barely a tenth, really, of everything. So that's a that's a scary concept, you know, for me. I'm like, oh my god, I have
0: more years to talk about. It. So how did you determine which past lives you must've had a number of them? If you mm-hmm. have that kind of recall yep. and, and having to choose must've been a difficult process. Which yes. one should I choose? And for what reason?
1: Well, um, the, what I selected three, the, the I, I do have memories of more than just three lives, but I've chosen those three in particular because I remember them the most being, being the most important, but also, um, it has like a, it shows a chrono- chronological progression of what I've learned in each life. So um, it, it, I, I, I made some poor decisions in a previous life. And then it's kind of my own way of slowly kind of making up for those poor choices. So, um, and in a way, ETs in, in the here now, my contacts now are helping me kind of, uh, push past it by helping them. And, you know, this sort of exchange that's happening and it's, it wasn't easy because there's so much I want to talk about it. it you know, the, it's just three lives and they're all incredibly detailed. They're all incredibly full on. And, you know, like trying to learn and understand not only, um, for the person who's there, you know, for, for me, who is, who is there in that world, but also trying to understand my place. And I'm still, I'm still learning even, even today. I'm, I'm not going to go around pretending like, oh yeah, I know, I know what I'm doing. I know, like, I don't, (laughs) I'm more than guessing really. So, um, I hope it's, it's kind of like a visual representation of where I think I need to go from, from that by looking back into the past and to have an idea of, what I want to do or should do in the future. And it's, it's, um, it's an interesting thing when it comes to ETs and, and, you know, talking about ETs and past uh, and reincarnation and all that, because they're very, they're they're closely connected. They're not entirely separate topics because there have been many people who have uh, memories of their um, previous lives that weren't human. So, and you see what I'm saying? So it's kind of like it, 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 the soul doesn't have, um, does is not assigned to a particular species or or form or anything like that yeah sure we have preferences absolutely we have preferences i i i often um choose to have a particular look and form and whatever else um but it it doesn't matter you know it really doesn't it and it's just such a uh, honestly to me if i if i had to choose which which is the most interesting topic i would probably say reincarnation because it just it sheds away a lot of those um walls and that separation that we think we have with other with other beings if you actually stretch it down like you pull it right down to the very core to the very the fundamental base we're the same and you know have been realizing and really um appreciating and understanding that 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 fact that we are fundamentally the same like i mean we people as us like we we have this sort of knowledge of it but the understanding it's like that 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 hits you that hits you and it's (laughs) you kind of have to laugh about it sometimes because it's just it's it's, this is there's nothing to be afraid of it is nothing to be afraid of if you if you see another person as someone who is an equal to you we you guys come from the same place it's not there's not, there's no fear the fear is gone you know and that and that you know of the unknown it's no longer unknown you're the same so anyway yeah <laughs> sorry well, I wanted you, a bit of attention. No, no no
0: no that's a very good point you make because right. in some or many actually of the uh, encounters people have described they've seen mm-hmm. multiple races different distinctly different races of ETs mm-hmm. working in unison yeah. so obviously you know there there's no hang up as far as skin color <laughs> or, or whatnot there may be yeah. a pecking order in, yeah. as far as some civilizations some cultures Absolutely. are concerned but yeah. you know there it's just like when I think of the scene in the star, the first Star Wars movie that came out Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There's all these different ETs there, right? Uh, Now, could you tell us a bit about the first life in that book? And were you a human in that life, or were you an Earth human or an ET? I
1: I was an an ET. So the very first, so um, the very first life I recall, um, it was living. um, I was living in a on a desert. Um, I don't. it was just as we were living in a city in this, in this vast empty desert. And we were just, it was just us, me and, and, or whatever, whatever creatures we, we were, we were living, we were living there. And, um, the, the environment beyond, um, our city was extremely harsh for us, but we had certain technologies and, um, um, uh, how do i say that yeah essentially technologies to help us survive these these harsh climates um but it's an interesting thing we we didn't really come from that world and it, it does get explained in the book but um we were kind of dare i say the word alien to that planet <laughs> even though it wasn't on earth it wasn't on earth it was it was somewhere else but um, the, the kind of life I had was an extremely, um, hard one. And, um, I, I don't remember a vast amount of details, but I do remember, uh, I guess you could say the, the dot points, the summary, um, the, the, the oppression. I remember we were living in an extremely oppressive society, uh, where, Basically, it was not too different to here, but essentially, there was no middle class. It was either the super high on top and the super low, which was everybody else, and I was part of that super low on the bottom. And um, we were basically slaves, essentially, to the higher ups. Doesn't this remind you of anybody? I don't know, (laughs) but um, it was uh, we. It was extremely really a heavily oriented, like a very religious society. So we had um, people who were uh, the, the holding men, I guess you could call them um, the ones who were ultimately in charge. They were the oracles, the ones who sp- they, they were speaking on behalf of the gods or whatever deities um, they were. And it was, um, they essentially ruled the roost, but you know, it was the oracles basically that were, that were the ones in charge. They could just say whatever they wanted And they're like, Oh, the gods want this today. And then everybody has to do what they say. Otherwise, you disappear, and no one ever know. No one ever knows what happens to you. But um, the problem was with that particular life. Um, not only was there extreme physical uh, oppression, and you could never speak out against them. You could never. It was like uh, you're you're basically asking for trouble. But it's not just about speaking against or acting against what the status quo. You had no, uh, mental privacy either because we were an extremely, um, psychically sensitive group as well. So you could just look into somebody's head and you could know exactly what they were thinking. If it was something that was unsavory, you know, not very, not a very good time. And, um, it was just it, the, the best way I can describe it as, um, whenever I reflect on that life and I'm actually kind of getting a headache now thinking about it because i you know, going back into that Um, into that time it's like I can feel like this sort of pressure around my skull right now which is yeah no (laughs) no it's a sign um but it was a feeling of the uh, like an iron maiden you're standing in this box in this coffin with this this iron spikes around you and one wrong move you could get cut and you could get hurt and it was it was your my entire life was like that my entire life in that in that time was like that and yeah
0: I went mad
1: As anybody else would and I certainly wasn't the only one but that that world that society was always dancing on the brink of breaking and um, one day it broke (laughs) so um, it was yeah it was a very unhappy time and um, you know what I made some poor choices Um, I want to blame society for my poor choices, like, oh, well, if they weren't like this, then I wouldn't have turned out like this. But um, I made those choices at the end of the day. Um, It takes two to tango, and um, I was the second one there. So um, that's a little bit about my first life. Now, um, in my second one, um, it's an interesting one because I was human in the second life, and uh, I was an Atlantean. So that one is... (laughs) a bit more interesting and not when i have far better memory of than, than the first but um with my life in atlantis um i was living in a world and like majority of the human population was psychic but i wasn't at all i had i had little bits here and there but i didn't I, I couldn't really connect with people and um, uh, I I was often jealous and envious of people that could do it. And um, I didn't, I didn't know until much, much later down, down the line of that life, I realized that I don't have these abilities. Uh, I'm, I don't have access to these abilities because of some very, very um, bad times that I, the bad things I have done um, in the before. So it was kind of like I don't want to say a punishment, but more like a an evening of the odds, really, because um, it was a it was a <laughs> it's so ironic because it's like I was this mad this mad being that just wanted to cause pain in one life, and then I was this second and in the second half, I was this lonely um, again, bullied for my lack of ability. I was technically considered because I had back in those times in atlantia if if you did not have any psychic ability if you didn't have an ounce of psionics in you you were technically considered disabled and i didn't have that and everyone viewed me as some sort of like oh, unable person that just you know that it, like it, to to help me out or to to do something for me was a slight inconvenience so like i had to i had to work extra hard to kind of meet the same uh, levels as my peers, and you know, Atlanteans—they had a lot of faults, and I—I uh, I guess you could call them—they were a bit more—they um, were really arrogant. Like I'm, I'll be honest, they were really, really arrogant. I mean, I'm arrogant too, but I mean, you know, it's a shared thing. <laughs> but yeah, it was—it was—it um, was—it it was a bit better, but not that great. But in the third life, things did get better. Not not that much better, but still, but still okay. And then that one in particular, and then this is one of the most interesting ones. Um in this one I have um one of the most uh the strongest uh emotion with um I was a being called an ozoni. And um and, and I'll on um, this particular species um were still are actually they're still alive today um they are extremely uh empathic um they are very social beings they're very um you know they they always put themselves in social situations they just they just they just have fun they're joyous they, they they are eccentric they like they like to go around and do things and i was i was part of that particular species at one point but um <laughs> We were at war at that time but that's that's a different (laughs) well you you, when you read the book you'll know exactly what i'm talking about but um when i finished my time in that life uh and i I came came back here on earth uh i made contact with the zoni people and they were the first ones that came to me so because i had that connection from a previous time that's why I tend to gravitate towards more to them and they they to me because we were all the same. We were cut from the same cloth. So um, that's that. In, that kind of ties in why I'm having contact experience because I was I'm I, I was tied with them and they know that. So yeah, that was that's that. <laughs> oh, sorry, James. I can't I can't hear you. Sorry.
0: Oh, I forgot to unmute oh. myself. Sorry. <laughs> some right. of the Azoni beings that you had interacted with in that life have they come back, and are they the, some of the same individuals that, that you're interacting with in this life?
1: Um. Well, they're the same souls, but not the same people. Ah, yeah. Um, yes. They because this, this particular life happened thousands of years ago, and the one, the ones that I was, uh, the, my circle, uh, I guess my family, my tribe, whatever you want to call it um, they were already long gone, but the souls remain the same. It was basically, and that's, that's also another thing. Um, in all of my lives, I remember every single person in each of my lives I have met was somebody that I have known in a previous life. It's, it's a bizarre thing because, um, I've noticed in my own, um, in in my own experiences, as well as other people talking about it, that souls seem to gravitate. Like they, they, they go around as a, like, gravitate to particular ones and they go walk around to different lives as a herd like they, they go together it's yes. not like here there here there here there it's not a sort of chaotic buzz that's happening they sort of like they stick together and they just move as one as it's, it's like a like i don't know why that happens i can guess but um maybe it's a comfort thing i'm not sure but it's an interesting thing and uh, I've, I've i've noticed and i'm thinking like wow okay and yeah and i and that, that's that's definitely mentioned and and a a very common um element in the story is in the in the stories as well so yeah
0: in the Atlantean life mm-hmm. was that during a period when the, things were kind of unsettled uh, maybe you mentioned uh they may have been a war or was there any kind of impending catastrophe that you were all aware of
1: yeah yeah so um atlantia oh man, okay, wow. Atlanteans, okay. So the, by the time I got in there, so okay, okay. So, atlantia the the civilization itself has existed for thousands like thousands and thousands of years long before I I came into it. I only caught the last parts of it. So um, we at that point. So I'll give you a bit of a setup. At that point, we were already an, a star-faring species. Um, we had contact with ETs. Um, we were already basic. We we had we had fanta- We had we had access to amazing technology. We could um, we could we we extended our life expectancy to like 200 on average. I mean, I remember I remember as a child, like I'm probably not older than five, going to my great great great. Wait, hang on right sorry grandfathers great i think th- four great grandfathers funeral <laughs> so just to give you an idea of how how long we can yes. live for at that point and um so it, it was a very very different time and uh how it was it was different on the surface but once you actually looked inside the social situations and the, the ultimately the reason why it fell apart the way it did um certain groups thought um they could do a better i don't want to give too much away but yeah um mm-hmm. the situation between humans and each were deteriorating mm-hmm. um there wasn't no, there was no war there were well i, I don't want to say no war but there was conflict um something equivalent to a cold war that's the best equivalent i can i can think of um, but the situation between two, the, the two, um, groups were going downhill fast. Uh. Um, they were getting worse and worse. And one of them be, being, involving energy, um, humans were, um, producing energy through very, uh, uh, unethical means. Um, and ETs didn't want, um, that to happen, but there's this sort of, uh, interstellar agreement with, with different beings that like, you don't, um, no one's in charge of any any group. It's always like, you you do your thing, we'll do our thing. Just make sure it doesn't, you know, uh, infringe and bother bother each other. But um, unfortunately, with what humans were doing, um, some ETs thought they should, like, be our wardens um. and be like, you should do this, you should do that. And, the, and humans were like, no, get, get away from me. Like, I, I know what I'm doing. I do what I want. But it was both sides were not that great. It it was extremely great. And um that was sort of the start. Like and this was this was already going on for years before I was born, by the way. But as I said, when I when I entered into it, things were just sort of like collapsing very slowly. And then after a certain point it went just it just imploded in on itself. Or exploded. But <laughs> I don't want to give it too much away. <laughs> um I'm I'm one of those I'm I'm one of those like really bad writers who just gets to, so excited like talking about stuff that it just gives away the ending to yeah, things. Okay. <laughs> um, but but we know how how it kind of like we already know about a land in that like, yeah like, how it played it out at
0: least it it may have happened more yeah. than once where they had you know the right. civilization and the cataclysm right
1: exactly exactly so it's yeah we, we already have we already have that um knowledge about pardon me about that time but um i what i'm trying to do um when 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 i was writing that life was to really give people a a good illustration of the social situation like why it went down the way it did um and i no no one person was responsible for for what happened but we all kind of played a part in it um and that again that will that will be you know, shown in, 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 in that section of the book, but, um, I could have done certain things that could have helped maybe stop it. Um, I don't know if, if it would have mattered, but the fact that I didn't try, mm. so, you know, it, it's, it's a very difficult thing because I mean, it could, look, it could have gone down even if I did, did some, you know, if I tr- attempted to stop some of the, the, the catastrophe that was waiting to come but i had this sort of for years even when i when i started remembering in this life about atlantia um i i have never felt so much guilt over something that happened like it's like i i know on a logical like logically i i didn't do anything but i'm, I'm thinking like, i could have done this i could have done that i should have said this i should have said that and it's such a horrific game that you play with yourself like this is stupid why am i bloody thinking this there's no point you you had you had no power to do to change this but what if you did Uh, you know and it's that sort of so going
0: back and forth about it
1: oh exactly and and the fact that my life was taken at such an early age as well like i didn't even have i would i didn't even have the chance to really I didn't I didn't have a chance to grow old but I didn't have a chance to grow up either um mm. because I was such a troubled person um and when I had that realization of like there's something bigger than me that's happening and I want to be a part of it that decision was made too late and I mean when I remember that life that person that I was sometimes comes back to the surface mm. and um she Constantly cries and asks why I don't. I didn't want to die. I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for it. Is it's still almost a sense of denial um because even though it, ha- it happened tens of thousands of years ago, at this point, to a soul time is irrelevant. You know, it, it happened yesterday to my soul. It, it's the pain is still there, and it was so powerful that it managed to continue into several lives afterwards because. I've, I, I had multiple lives in from, from then and now in between that. So it, the pain never left me and I don't think it ever will. And you know what? That's fine because that pain was a vehicle to forcing me to remember more about that life. That That's how I started remembering my previous lives. All of them was through the pain of losing something, losing my life in such a um, dramatic fashion that it was my way of accessing my, my history. And um, I'm not saying that that's how everybody, you know, if people want to remember their past lives, that's how you, that's how you do it. But I've noticed with, particularly with my, with my mother, she, she's remembering bits and pieces of of her former life, but she remembers a pain. And um, she asked me like, how do you remember your past lives? How do you, um, how can you access it? And I told her, well, you know, told her what I, what I told you, how I used that pain that I, I remember very, very strongly. And I just sort of work my way backwards. Mm. And, um, it seemed it's, you know, she's, she's now telling me that she remembers certain things that she didn't remember before. So, um, and of course I don't ever tell her, um, who she was when I remember her, but you know, who she was in that life and what she did or n- no names, no, no descriptions of physical appearance, nothing. I just say, I remember you and that's it. And the rest is her and i and then whatever she comes out with me to you know whatever she comes out with i'll say like oh do i remember or do i you know that that's all i say i don't ever i don't ever try to contaminate someone's um uh, p- potential memories there so that's a, that's also a hard line to <laughs> to,
0: yeah, to follow so do, yeah. do you remember her in that atlantean life
1: yes i do <laughs> she uh she was she was um an egyptian back then. Um, she was a colleague, like a like you know, work colleague. Um, she was a little. Uh, well, she already knows this because I because she already hit this particular part. So if she hears this, it doesn't matter. I haven't you know I haven't contaminated anything. <laughs> but um, she was an Atlantean, but um, she had uh, Egyptian heritage, and um, um, we were we were we were we were really good friends. We were, we were close friends, in fact. And um, you know she. she she was um, talking about. She was fantastic. She, we were researchers. We were basically something equivalent of, she's uh, like historians, scribes. Um, you know, do, people that go around documenting. Um,
0: yeah. Archivists.
1: Archi- that's it. Archivists, exactly. And that was her title. Finally, enough. Archivists, Abyssinia. <laughs>
0: so
1: <laughs> that was that was her name, that was her title. So um, she, yeah, we we went around basically recording things, everything that we, you know, that was our primary primary jobs, and what we would do with that information would collect it and store it because Atlanteans, uh, as well as uh, Egyptians, we had this very strong passion for for history. Um, Atlanteans believed um, that if you don't know your history, you don't know your future and you don't know who you are. So. That's why we were eight, we were so we were so successful to have this ten thousand year span civilization because we kept our records um, as 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 close to truth as as possible, um, and uh, we were we were obsessed with it. That's, that's just this is what we did, um, and it's almost a slap in the face that after after they're um, after they're gone now. Um, we we do have some memories of them. We do have like, it, but it's all, all, only shrouded really in myth. For, for, for the majority anyway, for the majority of people, um, we don't we don't know them. We don't remember them. How 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 poetic and crap is that? <laughs> poetic <Yeah>. and crap. <laughs> That's a, oh. <laughs> of course, of course had to. Of course it had to happen to the to the group of people who were the most obsessed with keeping records, and no one knows
0: who they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> the universe sucks. <laughs> well,
0: I, we'll talk more about this later, but I, mm-hmm. I just wonder if some of that information that you had archived, you and your mm-hmm. mom had archived, can mm-hmm. be reaccessed in some way at a soul memory retrieval uh, level.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. another thing I was wondering was, you see what society civilization looks like now, and I'm not saying it's not a certainty, nothing's written in stone. But the way things are trending, mm. do you see any parallels with what you remember from your time in Atlantis?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's almost it. H- history is happening now. Um, it is it is not identical, but the steps are being uh, are being happening they that it, it's a it's a it's interesting because it's like with um one of one of the major um issues that atlanteans were facing at that time was um, uh, a lack of energy mm. um, we were trying to convert because we were we were developing at a lightning speed rate, right we uh, technologically speaking and um the increase uh, the the population boost boom um the general te- just also technology as well was, was growing so quickly that the, 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 the previous forms of getting energy became inefficient. So what we were trying to do was to come up with different ways to actually, you know, give us that boost. Now we were, we, there were already fantastic, like, uh, essentially power plants, but they weren't like nuclear. They were using something, um, like like with the with the pyramids they were actually the the ones in egypt sorry um that that particular those those generated power generators um they also did all, a bunch of other things but power was the main the most important focus was to actually harness that energy for the everyday uh person to use now um unfortunately those the, the construction of those things to actually get the right to meet the demands for everybody was taking a very long time and everyone was humming and harring and um in that in that time uh, atlanteans found out about a particular crystal uh. mineral I'll, I'll call it mineral because I'm, crystal is like a fancy way of saying it but it's technically a mineral um uh that originates from somewhere in the center of the galaxy. And this, and of course this, um, this was, this information was given to humans by ETs who've been going around doing things for a little bit longer. Um, they, humans learned about, and they're like, Oh, we need, we need these particular minerals to, um, to help us power our needs. So that's exactly what we did. We went out and we picked them up, mined them and got them, brought them back here and we started using them. Now, because they were so good at not only meeting our demands, but exceeding them by a huge percentage that we thought like, oh, you know what? Um We like these things better. Like wh- whatever we, you know, the, 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 the power generators that we had before like I mean those buildings Yeah, it's I mean they're pretty good and all but I mean we got these minerals and they're so much better So why do we need to um There was Quite a few reasons why we shouldn't have used them, and again, I I try very hard to uh, not give give it away. (laughs) But um, yeah, there is there is there are very good reasons why um, ETs were very concerned with what we were doing um, with with these minerals because um, they are, they were, they are extremely dangerous if mishandled. Mm. Um, much like nuclear, um, power as well. The, 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 um, the methods of, of, like, if it goes wrong, it's catastrophic, right? It itself, if done correctly, perfectly fine. But if it goes wrong, you know, we only have our, you know... We have whole shows dedicated to it now. But um, it was very much um, similar with these particular crystals. And we're generating so much energy. But um, the way we uh, harnessed that energy was extremely (sighs) – don't give it away. (laughs) I'm trying really hard not to give it away. But it was very wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And and also the potential for uh, technology – raw materials minerals whatever the case may be mm. the potential for them to be weaponized in, in the wrong hands also that that's oh, another, yeah. it's another Abs- cons- consideration
1: absolutely absolutely um we weren't we weren't really concerned about necessarily on the mil- uh, on the on the militaristic front like we didn't really like it wasn't our primary concern but um we were developing t- um we were developing this device that uh, allowed to um to blanket a whole area and to phase that. So whenever there was like some sort of uh, natural disaster or an attack or whatever it may have been, um, that whole area, the, the, the device would be activated and this whole, like the, the this whole area, like it's, let's say a city, right? It would be immediately, it would immediately become um, dematerialized. So, you know, the catastrophe can happen blah, 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 all around it, but then it would reemerge and be like, Oh, like the city was untouched. So it just sits in a different plane of existence. That's what this device allowed it to do. Um, and we were playing around with that. Um, but on the other hand, um, it was interesting, the social situation with humans and ETs back then. Um, humans were very worried about lagging behind with other ETs because they were progressing at lightning speeds as well. So we kind of had to, they had this thing like, we've got to, we've got to match because... What if, I mean, as I said, there was no, like, n- no inkling of any, of any major conflict, um, but the fear was there, and the fear is enough for people making stupid decisions, which is essentially what, what led to this, so, um, so humans were always really, like, like, they weren't really weaponizing those crystals, but they were just using them as a form of, um, uh, defense, just in, it's like adjusting. It's like, oh, we were only using it for defense. That's all. But it's like, yeah, but you're still implying there's gonna be an attack. You see what I'm saying? It's yeah,
0: yeah. The potential it's, to use it for warlike purposes exists yes. despite one's stated intentions. Exactly. I.e., only exactly. for defense. That's what. But, you know the whole destabilizing aspect mm-hmm. of strategic defense initiative was, well, okay, yeah, you can defend yourself against satellites uh, or, or attacks, but you can also instigate and knock out, you know, other countries' satellite systems with it too. Exactly. exactly. Now, now, as far as the culture of the Atlanteans, was it stratified? Was there like a priesthood? Was there uh, a middle class? Uh, how yeah. did that work?
1: Um, it, I, that's, um, it wasn't, we, we, we didn't really have, distinct classes it was more of um
0: oh. was it based on one's uh role for example if one was an engineer if one was a
1: yeah like like for instance because um, i was born in a fairly um fairly well known uh, affluent and and wealthy unwealthy family like we we had a lot of um power and respect we weren't like super powerful or anything like we were we were just above the average person the average household sorry um we didn't really have priests but we did have um people who were like who, who they were called acolytes and um what they did was they were they were equivalent to monks actually if i were to if i were to make a um, comparison um people who go around um, studying the nature of the universe and they're going around to different places uh learning they're always on the move um always learning, learning everything that possible and, um, learning all forms of art, uh, science, um, you know, martial arts as well. Um, expanding their own, um, psionic, psychic horizons as well, just, just, um, learning, through through many means, and they these particular were, these particular people were regarded very very highly in society because of their selflessness to to pursue these these goals because it was considered a selfless act because essentially you don't have the time to to um, you know like get rich or, or, um, uh, you know, have, have, have a, a life athlete. basically. Yeah.
0: Or have yeah. A basically. Life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So you, you're kind of like always on the go, um, learning, learning, learning. And then, and then when you get to a certain point, you become the teacher. Right. So that's kind of what they were, what they were doing and they were very highly revered in society. Um, there was also another group, um, called, I don't like using this word, but I have no other way to really describe them, but there was something equivalent to mages, <laughs> which were um some they were similar to acolytes but uh whereas uh, magi they they worked together as a group um they had far more freedoms than acolyte like they could still like have have um, a family and all that but they were very um, they only stuck with themselves um, Not to say that they didn't like anybody else, but because of the nature of the work that they were doing and what they were trying to do um, They kind of didn't really um, They were very picky with the sort of people they wanted on board with them um, They often however they often chose um, people to be part of their order who had ET and human mix uh, inside of them and we actually had a particular name for um, a, a hybrid a hybrid person who was of ET and, and human uh, descent? They were called Harkan. and um, there were loads of Harkins back in the day. And like you know, it was like a it was like a common thing. It's like oh yeah, you know, who was your mom? Like oh you know, my mom was um, like very large and red. You know, she wasn't she wasn't human. <laughs> so I mean, no one really cared. But um, it was interesting. They tended to pick for those um, particular groups of people. So um, yeah. That was sort of um some, that's just some of the social um um sort of order uh we did have a it's not too dissimilar to the here now um but it was far less divided than than now i guess if, you could, if i really had to make a comparison to to what we have here i would say it was like a mixture of socialism and a little bit of capitalism but mostly socialism
0: mm-hmm.
1: if that's if that's if i had to make a comparison um yeah I'm, I'm trying to keep as much as much politics out of it as possible yeah yeah everything politics, you know? with,
0: with, with, with terms that you know <laughs> we would kind of relate to of course
1: of course like, and it's very hard to describe something that is quite different to something that we haven't we don't have like a word for or an active memory of so it's kind of it's very difficult to to piece things to, to really explain these sort of things because even though a lot of the human the, the, the human nature hasn't changed even in those times, I mean when we were talking about before the whole fear and like constantly wanting to outdo each other, um it still exists today, but the social structures and the, the dynamics of um, every member in society um, quite different. And that's the part that I um I I, I try to get precise. when I was when I was writing um we didn't have homeless um we had vagrants I guess you could call people who move around a lot um they were not like acolytes. just they just wanted to be out and about and do their own thing like okay you know you do your thing but um, kind of like nomads yeah yeah like that like that like similar to nomads but um yeah they they didn't pursue knowledge um in the quite in the same fashion as an acolyte which sort of made a distinction between the two so um yeah we did have wealthy i mean my family was something equivalent to that um they were very embarrassed by me because i had no psychic oh my mom and i we fought (laughs) she because like she was like a super hot like she was a socialite she was an elitist right so she was like top tier kind of you know not to mention she was a harkin as well um my father was human and but she was like super like one of the most powerful telepaths that i had ever known in that in that time sorry and um to have a child that had none of that Uh. you you know like she did have love for me but it was very it was very strained like because I knew she was embarrassed by me, and she knew that I knew. So it was this sort of um, odd, odd um, dynamic there. No, that must have been
0: like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> painful and disappointing. And, and yeah. It really <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but you have you have each other now in this life to oh, to work sure. through all that stuff, right?
1: The, the main thing is that that person who was my mother in in, in atlantic that that's not my mother now so that's yeah. always is a different person so
0: that's right and now, that and, now, now you, and now you probably got more psychic ability than she does you know uh, finally <laughs> <laughs> now, oh i <I'm> gotta <laughs> as far while well, we still got time in this first fascinating segment I just, well a couple of more uh you know a little more insight on, on the atlantean culture without giving away too much again uh, for example is there we have currency here we have hmm. well, increasingly becoming digital currency but hmm. but also hard cash what was what was the so how was the commerce conducted back then
1: right um mostly in cities we had something equivalent to tender um like we sorry we had we had we had um exchangeable currency like what we you know what we yeah money basically yeah um but in smaller towns and villages that wasn't being used um and there was a lot of places on the uh, in the in the area um outside of the major hubs the major major towns that that didn't use money at all i mean they still they still had money like they could still like they, they still accepted it but um they 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 were, it's a very interesting thing because again, um, people just wanting to be different from each other, I guess, yeah. in some way. Like the the city folk wanted to have a bit more, like they were more modernized. I mean, they they're the ones like when people when 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 ET sort of humans, they thought of like oh the Atlanteans, the city, the city people, right? But if you just traveled a few hours out of the city and you actually went into the towns, it was kind of like basically something equivalent to iron age you know like very very basic i mean
0: yes
1: i mean they still had technology and you know they could still do all that like, they didn't have to burn anything and you know they just you know you took, so you, you, would it you say
0: it. it was more like an, an agrarian existence yeah yeah
1: it was yeah. I, I didn't grow up in that because as i said like we, we had all these need, all of our needs met and more but people outside, like even if they, even if they, even if those things weren't as accessible, they could still live comfortably. That's yes. the thing. and they didn't have uh, to
0: leak out a harsh existence like that. In, in, in our linear past. You know, the Middle Ages and you mm-hmm. know pre-industrial uh, age, et cetera. Now, uh, in the time we got left in this first segment, mm-hmm. we see how the iconography, the symbolism, the architecture. Deliberately and perhaps at times subconsciously from the ancient, what modern scholars call the ancient Near East, Mm
1: -hmm. Babylon,
0: Mm -hmm. Egypt, Sumeria shows up in a lot of the cinema, a lot of the the media, a lot of the architecture. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Remembering what you do about Atlantis, do you see anything from that civilization culture, which is Mm -hmm. kind of bled through, yes but you recognize
1: yes yes i do i do see some some um some bits and pieces that i'm like wow that i remember i that particular way they did this uh door or wall i'm like wow that's what they had back then um Atlantians had back then um the thing is atlantis were such a big um uh, civilization that they have essentially they they spread around the world I mean they were certainly not the only ones of course not but they they uh, um, implemented like um they implemented a lot of their own society and and ways of thinking and and architecture as well in different areas so
0: they did a lot uh, of colonizing then
1: they yes that they were they were big on colonization they didn't really like to come to australia but that's a whole other. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that another time but yeah they didn't really they didn't they didn't come here um everywhere else they they were at and um a lot of the a lot of the humans living in these different places um often uh, what they would have they'd done they, they would not mimic um or copy but they would kind of like take inspiration from in what they've done atlanteans have done and and then like you know build upon that into their own unique thing i mean that's what's ha- that's what happened with egypt uh, it, there's like bits and pieces of egyptian architecture i'm like i remember that like that is what we had here and then that the, the, you know all that so um e- even 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 across in asia as well like yes. it has very like similar like very very distinct like asian architecture is extremely unique but there are still some bits and pieces that like that still have that sort of base core fundamental you know relation to to, to um in atlantia so in atlanta sorry and um yeah it they were they were everywhere and they and they made sure no one re, no sorry I'll, let me rephrase they tried to make sure no one forgot them
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> they tried <laughs> well I'm sure secreted in that secret wing of the Smithsonian and other places there's a lot more intact architecture and Absolutely. perhaps even even script laying around or something and i I'll, I'll ask you about that in the second segment mm-hmm. without going into too much detail what mm-hmm. you recall of. Of the script uh, back then. Well, we've reached the end of, of a fascinating first segment with our guest Leah Capitelli. Now, Leah, your website is under reconstruction at the moment, at the moment, uh, yes. pending the, the arrival of the new book and all that.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it'll, it still will be down. Like, I mean, it's still accessible for, but that you're, um, it's only viewing the older version. Um, I'm just sort of paving the way to make it, um, to make products, um, like the book that's coming up more accessible for, for people. Um, and also adding some new, um, some new features in there as well that I think people will, will really enjoy. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I can't give an estimated date of when it's going to be finished, but it should be around the same time when the book, um, is, is released. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> do I have the time? I don't know. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, well, well I'm, I'm looking forward to reading the book. Thank uh, we've reached the end of a fascinating first segment with Lee Capitelli. Uh, if you like what we do, if you believe in what we do here at the Cosmic Switchboard show, please go to our website, thecosmicswitchboard.com, sign up and become a member, and we'll see you at the top of the next segment.